Welcome to Franklin Covey's Seven Habits Coach Series. I'm your host, Todd Davis, Executive Vice President and Chief People Officer at Franklin Covey. On this season of the Seven Habits Coach, we are talking with some of our expert consultants on how you can actually amplify your impact with the help of the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Today, I'd like to welcome one of our senior consultants and my very good friend, Annette York. Hello, Annette. How are you? Hello, Todd. I'm well, thank you. How are you? Thanks. I'm doing great. Doing better now. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Annette, to begin with, would you mind sharing with us what, what was your introduction to the seven habits? What did you first discover or, or, or read the seven habits? You know, I, I've been with Franklin Covey for a long time, and I was with the Franklin Institute company, and we merged with the Covey Leadership Group, and I thought, I better read the book so I can talk credibly about <laughs> it. So it was simply just internal peer pressure from myself, and I'm a slow reader, so it took me a while to get through it, and it was so worth it. Great. So how long have you actually been teaching The Seven Habits? Over 20 years. Wow. So you started with this when you were 10. Yes, absolutely. Let's go with that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Yeah, so we've got we've got someone with over 20 years of experience here. This is this is why I come to you for so much information because it's so valuable. So, where do you want to start? We're going to talk today about habit one, and and where would you like to start as we talk about habit one? Maybe maybe thinking about what are some of the when you think about the key takeaways from habit one. Would you mind sharing with us what some of those are in your opinion? Absolutely. One of the key takeaways is the assertion that we all get to choose how we react, how we respond, and how we move through life. I feel compelled to qualify or to say that it, we've got to acknowledge that a lot of really hard, difficult things happen to a lot of people. So this isn't a, hey, just choose to be happy and pretend things didn't happen. So tough stuff happens. So the real question becomes, are we stuck with that? Are we held hostage? Or can we work our way through to a different place? And the good news, well, let me share the bad news first. The bad news is we don't always get to choose what happens to us, right? Like things happen. Right. But the good news is that even if bad things happen, when we acknowledge what happened, uh, we acknowledge the impact on us, then we can start the healing process and we can actually work our way through and choose to respond differently and in more productive ways. I mean, all of us, based on how we were raised or our environment, are conditioned to react uh, in, in lots of different ways and sometimes not very productive ways. And I, I've been able to work through a lot of things in my sort of natural reactions to things that weren't really the greatest. So by being aware, I call it being painfully aware sometimes, we can, you know, acknowledge like, wow, I get really reactive when, or people who do X, Y, Z really get me hot under the collar. And when we acknowledge that, we can start reimagining a new way to respond based on values. And that's really exciting when that happens. Okay, so this is why we often hear it called the habit of choice, being proactive to the, the habit of choice. So, so help me understand. I, I've got a I've got a team member right now who is not following through on what we were hoping they would do. I've asked them to do, and continually dropping the ball. Where's my choice in that? I'm I'm really frustrated right now, and I'm and I'm 
not making any progress and I'm feeling like I don't have choice. Yes. In fact, I, I do think a lot of us wish the class or the workshop or the book was actually called How to Fix Difficult People and how to, how to change them. And I've tried, you've probably tried too. And I've realized it doesn't work and it's, it's exhausting. So again, more bad news, we can't change or control other people. What we can do is we can focus on ourselves in these situations and we can figure out, okay, what's, what's getting me activated? What's causing this really strong reaction? And we can perhaps acknowledge, okay, that's not working, that's not helping. And if we do the inside out work ourselves to figure out new ways of responding and you know, acting uh, that's more productive, like thoughtful conversations where we clarify expectations and hold somebody accountable can be much more productive than us getting really carbonated inside. So in order to get there though, we have to get through that, that reaction that's really natural for a lot of us. Very helpful. Helpful. And, so, in addition to in addition to choice, what what are what are some other key takeaways from Habit One that you would that you would uh, share with us? Words matter. So, how we speak is a giveaway into what's going on in our head. So, if I believe I truly don't have a choice, I'm going to say things like "I have to," "I must," and it's going to feel really heavy. And it turns out that reactive language like that actually is harmful for our brain. It releases stress hormones, it, it damages our ability to think, and it usually isn't true. Again, lots in life we can't control. A lot of things happen that, that we don't really have any say about, but we ultimately get to choose our way through. So if we can coach and sort of catch ourselves speaking in reactive ways, we have the power of being able to change our minds about that and be able to instead acknowledge that, well, I'm actually choosing to, I'm actually going to, because ultimately we do have a choice. And I get a lot of pushback on this. People will say, well, you don't understand. I, I, I have to work for a living. But in reality, there are lots of people in this world who don't, like, who don't work for a living on purpose. Um, I've even had people say, I have to feed my children. And sadly, there are people who don't. So ultimately, we don't get to choose our consequences, but we do get to choose what we do. And when we own that, all sorts of things open up. Our energy goes higher, our brain works better, and we feel so much better. So words matter. Um, it, you know, we're works in progress, right? All of us, you know, we practice this. And so my husband and I have an agreement that if each of us, you know, if, if, if one of us hears the other say, oh, I have to do this thing, we just kindly say, do you? I was like, well, you're right. I'm actually choosing to do this. <laughs> Thank you. And yeah. you step into more power, which is exciting. And 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 I have found when I say that to one of my kids, and they say, I have to do this, I say, do you have to say, okay, dad, enough of the Franklin Covey talk right now. <laughs> I'm feeling pressure to do this. Okay, that's like that's fine, but at least you're acknowledging that you don't have to do it. I really like the way you explained that and mm -hmm. and, and bringing forth the, the uh, idea of a consequence, you know. Do you have to work? What would happen if you didn't work? Well, I wouldn't be able to make the house payment. Okay, but that's that's a consequence. But you don't have to work. But there then there are consequences. That's really insightful. Yeah. I, I appreciate yeah. that. So so taking taking these two big uh, principles from habit one, it's the habit of choice. We do have a choice, and that language matters. How can someone use 
those or other principals that have one to really amplify the impact they're having in their professional life, in their personal lives. What, what have you seen in that realm? You know, a couple of things. One is when we get clear on choosing our ability to discern, like for instance, what we can control and what we can't control, what we can influence and what we can't influence. Uh, being accurate about that, and most of us are not. Um, I've spent a lot of my life thinking, oh, I should change and control other people. Well, we can't, right? It, it's exhausting. Or I should affect something that I really can't affect. So when we get really clear on this is what I can do something about, and we unleash our energy on things that we can impact, we become more powerful and we actually make things happen. And we're also role modeling for other people. And the very act of discerning, oh, those are things I really have no business trying to control because I can't. And it's just a waste of energy. By pulling back on those things, stress goes down, uh, our energy is higher. And again, we're role modeling for other people. I mean, people are watching. And if we're leaders of, of uh, people or informal leaders, how we behave and how we speak matters and people notice and it also will set the culture tone and this is how we do things and this is how we don't think don't do things and um, a person also by practicing these habits and again i say practice because we are practicing we're all works in progress um, i've had phases in my life where i've backslid on a habit or two <laughs> i had to relearn them given my new circumstances and so as we practice these we become what we call uh, transformation figures where we can actually help break uh, negative patterns and behaviors and cycles in families in our communities in our work culture and of course in life and so again, the power of role modeling, the power of being able to create space for people to be able to discern their own pathway um, is, is very powerful. So yeah. we, we, just by practicing, we're making a difference in the world. You, uh, it's very helpful. You just got me remembering, you, both, you and I both been with the company for a long time. Been, I've been here 27 years and back many years ago, Back when we used to get mail, you know, actual mail, paper mail, I remember in the department that I worked in, there was a sorting system where they would put people's mail in their little various boxes. This isn't going to make sense for a lot of people who <laughs> don't even remember what snail mail was. But I remember our department, we were a large department of like 20 people, people getting frustrated because the mail was never sorted. It was in this pile. People would rummage through it and try and find their mail each day. And I remember a person whose job, I hadn't even thought about this, Annette, till just now. I remember a person, it wasn't even close to what their job was, but we all came to work one day and there was this whole system set up where they had gone and purchased these racks and they had put together and they put labels on it and they put everybody's mail there and somebody said, oh, who did that? And it was, well, Susan did that. Why did she do that? Because she got tired of hearing everybody talk about how messed up the mail was. And you just got me thinking about this wasn't even Susan's job. But this proactive approach she just took to say, hey, look, we can all stand around and keep talking week after week about how much time this takes to find your own mail, or I can do something about it, even though it's not my job. That's beautiful. And clearly she discerned, hey, that's in my circle of influence, my circle of control, and I can make a difference. And boy, she helped a lot of people, I think. Yeah. Which is great. Yeah. yeah. How do you, Annette, I've known you for a long time. You are you are someone who, again, I know you say you're not perfect and you slip backwards sometimes, but you're someone who I have seen consistently model all seven of the habits. How do you, with habit one, this um, 
this realizing you have a choice and not reacting, you know, when we don't want to react or not you know, creating what we call a space between the stimulus and the response. How have you been able to do that? Or how do you how do you get in the habit of doing that? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it, it's, it can be a tricky one. It can feel sort of uh, out of reach sometimes. And the other thing that makes things a little bit more complicated is, you know, acknowledging that when somebody has been through high periods of stress, uh, people who have gone off to war and witnessed horrible things or have experienced um, some kind of tragedy or trauma, um, that, 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 that lends another level of uh, figuring out, so to speak. Um, <clears throat> because often what happens when we, when, when we endure something like that, our nervous system becomes injured. And so we can intellectually understand habit one and say, oh, stimulus and response. And in that space, if I can widen the gap, lies the freedom. I can claim it. But our mind can tell us one thing, but our nervous system can be on a whole different program. So even if our mind is saying, hey, calm down, you can react better or respond better. Um, if someone has PTSD or is struggling with some sort of uh, trauma, even social trauma, they can their body is doing something completely different. And, and there can be shame in that, like, oh, why can't I figure this out? Why can't I get it? So acknowledging that and being willing to do things that heal our, our bodies and our mind, uh, heal our nervous system. Um, things even like deep breathing over extended periods of time can be incredibly powerful in helping produce, uh, if we get stuck in our fight or flight brain or amygdala brain, uh, deep breathing actually produces GABA, which is a hormone that helps connect us to our prefrontal cortex, which helps us think more clearly. So if somebody, so I've had periods where I've been stuck in my fight or flight brain and knowing that my best self was not showing up. And so doing things like deep breathing, practicing yoga, getting enough sleep, um, talking through things with somebody, all those types of things can help us process, get to a place of thoughtfulness, and then we get stronger and stronger at making better decisions. I found myself taking deep breaths and feeling more calm, even as you were saying yeah. that. Seriously. And it's, you know, we know the joke when someone says, oh, yes, just tell someone to calm down and they'll recognize that they're upset immediately and calm right down. Like that doesn't work to tell someone to calm down. And I don't think it even works to tell ourselves to calm down. So we need to meet ourselves where we are at, right? So if, uh, if, if our nervous system is flipping out and our amygdala is in fight or flight brain, we need to help ourselves get to a place where we can connect to our brilliant prefrontal cortex because it is the executive brain and it is capable of thoughtful decisions and deciding to do things in new ways. Very helpful. Yeah, I learned I learned very early on in my marriage. The worst thing you can say to someone when they're frustrated is to calm down. <laughs> I only made a mistake once. <laughs> oh, and I've said that a time or two to my children. I'm like, oh, that doesn't work. Why am I saying that? But it's interesting. We're creatures of habit as well. So being being and these are all these are all just such great gems, such great takeaways. Any final thought? Any final takeaway on habit one before we wrap up here? You know the the, the one. The one takeaway, perhaps, and this could be a challenge that everybody decides to do for today, is watch your language and even get a partner involved, someone you work with or a family member to say, hey, if you hear me uh, say something like I have to or I'm going to see if you can correct yourself and, and instead change your language and notice what happens uh, mentally, emotionally and physically. 
my bet is that you'll notice you're going to feel more energy. You're going to feel more excitement. Um, at the beginning of last month, uh, I took the helm as 50% owner in a yoga studio. And it's, you know, we have 22 employees. It's a pretty big operation. I was completely overwhelmed and I was stressed out and I was starting to really get to the point where I was like, I don't know if I can do this. And then I remembered, wait a minute, I'm choosing this and this is aligned with my values and I get to do this and it's a privilege. And when I spoke those words, the stress went down, I connected to my passion and I felt so much more empowered and it happened in an instant. It was, it was quick. I just had to remember the reality of what I was doing. And so try that out today and just see if you notice things shift and change for the better. Wonderful advice. Annette, thank you so much for your time. And, and thanks to all of you for joining us. For more information or for additional resources, please visit our website at franklincovey.com. Thank you, Annette. Thank you, Todd.